you're ready for worship, but you apparently are, and I want you to continue in worship, because you see, um, we can be just as excited when we open up the Scripture as we are when we sing the songs, and so I hope that you are excited about God's Word, because man, God's Word is good, it is alive, it is active, and uh, I tell you what, today in Acts chapter 22, God's going to, He's going to show us something. So go ahead and turn to Acts 22. Acts 22, that's where we're going to be in God's Word. In Acts 22, Paul shares his testimony while in Jerusalem. And we're really going to focus on that word testimony today, okay? Uh, it's a powerful word. It's a word that we see in the Scripture. And it's really what we see in the life of Paul every day. He lives it out loud. Uh, I want to share four words with you today. And each of these words start with an E. You see in the word testimony, there's a word, a letter E. And so today I'm going to mention four words, and I'm going to mention them over and over and over again. And I just, I want you to repeat them with me. Number one, enemy. Say that word, enemy. Enemy. That's a part of a Christ follower's testimony. You're going, wait, what? Oh yeah, enemy. Number two, experience. Say that word, experience. That's a part of a Christ follower's testimony, enemy experience. Number three, say the word exaltation. Exaltation. If you're a Christ follower, exaltation is a part of your testimony. And then finally, say this word with me, evidence. Evidence. If you're a Christ follower, part of your testimony is evidence. So you ready? Enemy Experience, exaltation, evidence. In Acts 22, Paul, not only does he live his testimony out loud, he, he, he tells it, he shares it. In Acts 21, verses 19 and 20, just in case you weren't with us last week, listen to what God's Word says in Acts 21, verses 19 and 20. It says, Paul greeted them and reported in detail what God had done, okay? Your testimony is not about you alone. It is more and should be more about what God has done to you and through you. If your testimony is all about you and very little of God, you need to work on your testimony. You need to pray about it. Your testimony should always be about God and what God has done. It says, Paul greeted them and reported in detail what God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. And when they heard this, they praised God. You want to know the result of Christ followers living their testimony out loud and telling others their testimony about what God has done? People praise God. That's the result of testimony. And so, I believe we're going to see that in Paul's life today. Now, what a good English teacher would do is he would tell you about that word testimony and what it means, okay? So, I'm going to share with you two definitions, and I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I shared this with my connected family group Wednesday night. Merriam-Webster, like, they surprised me. Like, this is a secular uh, organization that defines words, but every now and then, they, they really get a little spiritual on us. And so, I thank God for that. Listen to how 
Merriam-Webster defines testimony. The question is, what is a testimony? Brother Jeff, you're using that word, and you talked about the enemy, you talked about uh, experience, you talked about exaltation, you talked about, you know, uh, exercising and, and just the evidence of our testimony, but what is testimony? Well, here it is. Merriam-Webster defines testimony as a solemn declaration by a witness. Don't you love that word? By a witness. Do you remember what Jesus said in Acts chapter 1? He told his apostles they would be what? His witnesses. Woo! So the definition is a solemn declaration made by a witness under oath in response to interrogation by a lawyer or an authorized public official. It is also a public profession of a religious experience. Look out, Miriam Webster. Getting all spiritual on me. Well, now let me go to Mounts' Christian Dictionary. Listen to how Mounts' Christian Dictionary defines testimony. It says testimony is confirming something from firsthand experience. From firsthand experience. It is the act of testifying about who? Jesus. It's about what God has done to me and through me, and it ain't possible without Jesus. You got to remember that. So if you want to know what a testimony is, that's as good as I can get it. That's as good as I can get it for, to you from a definition standpoint. But let me give it to you from a life experience standpoint. And man, it is some kind of good when it comes to Paul. So let's look at it. Acts chapter 22 Verses 1 through 5. Listen to what the Bible says. Paul is speaking to the Jews in Jerusalem who basically have had him arrested. And they say, we don't want you here. We don't want you talking about this Jesus. And, and so Paul says, let me, let me defend myself. Now, in the Christian world and in the theological world, we call this apologetics. Apologetics. He's defending himself. He's telling you who he is, who he is, and why he is. So here it is, Acts 22, verses 1 through 5. He says, Brothers and fathers, listen to my defense. When they heard him speak to them in Aramaic, they became very quiet. Then Paul said, I am a Jew, born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city. I studied under Gamaliel and was thoroughly trained in the law of our ancestors. I was just as zealous for God as any of you today. Here it is, verse 4. I persecuted followers of this way. You notice that word way is capitalized. That's how they referred to Jesus and his followers. The way. He said, I persecuted followers of this way to their death, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison as the high priest and all the council can themselves testify. I even obtained letters from them to their associates in Damascus and went there to bring these people as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. So Paul starts out his defense as saying, let me tell you about who I was. Past tense. Let me tell you who I was. You know me. I'm not just a Roman, I'm a Jew. He says, I am a Jew. Let me tell you who I was. I studied under Gamaliel. 
one of the one of the most profound teachers in their time. He said he was my teacher. I was underneath his teaching. I studied the law just like you. So here's what Paul is saying in essence. Paul was an enemy of the Lord. He was an enemy. He said, I persecuted the followers of this way. I even persecuted them to death. And if they didn't die, I'm the one that put them in jail. And I was even on my way to get more of these followers and either put them to death or put them in jail when I was on my way to Damascus. That's who I was. Paul says I was an enemy of the Lord. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke chapter 11, verse 23. You might say, well, Brother Jeff, what does that have to do with testimony? Because here's the thing. Just like Paul said, hey, here's who I was. I was an enemy of the Lord. You may not like to hear this, but every one of us in this room, at one point, we were enemies of the Lord. Before we repented of our sin and put our faith in Jesus Christ, that's who we were. Some of us in this room might still be enemies of the Lord right now and don't even know it. Don't even think of it that way. But listen to what Jesus said. Luke eleven twenty three. Whoever is not with me is against me. And whoever does not gather with me scatters. Does that sound like Paul? Or should I say Saul? Because that's who he was. Listen to this, James chapter 4, verse 4. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity with God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend with the world becomes, you ready for this? An enemy of God. I'll say it again. Part of our testimony, if we're Christ followers... It begins with enemy. Here's the thing. I was an enemy of God until he saved me. I was an enemy of God. You want to know something? Here's who I was before Jesus Christ changed my heart and my life. I was all about me. I was selfish. I was prideful. I was arrogant. It was all about me. Look at me. Pay attention to me. Do for me. Listen to me. It was all about me. Paul can identify that. Paul was trying to climb the ladder, the pharmaceutical ladder, if you will, right? He said, man, I was the Pharisees of of Pharisees. I was was climbing that ladder. It was all about my knowledge, my wisdom, my understanding of the law and enforcing it. He actually thought he was doing God a favor. You know that? Thought he was doing God a favor by persecuting followers of the way. He was an enemy of God. I'm going to tell you something. If you're a Christ follower today and you have a testimony, that's where it starts. Let me tell you about who I was. Let me tell you about what I was filled with. I was a sinner and I was sinful. I was an enemy of God. But testimony don't stop there. Amen? You ready? Paul says this, beginning in verse 6, about noon. As I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? I asked. I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting, he replied. My companions saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to who? Me. Paul said, this is when Christ 
changed me. This is when Christ spoke to me. Not us, me. It was personal for Paul. What shall I do, Lord? I asked. Get up, the Lord said, and go into Damascus. There you will be told all that you have been assigned to do. Isn't isn't this amazing? Jesus already had an assignment for Paul. He, He already had it laid out for him. He said, get up. Get up and go into Damascus where you are going to do what you wanted to do. But buddy, you're going to go to Damascus and you're going to do what I've called you to do. Mm. My companions, look at what he says in verse 11. My companions led me by the hand in Damascus because the brilliance of the light had blinded me. A man named Ananias came to see me. He was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews living there. He stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very moment, I was able to see. So the first part of our testimony is what word? Enemy. But the second word is experience. Experience. And what Paul shows us in verses 6 through 13 is that he had a life-changing experience with the Lord. It was a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. You don't have a testimony if you don't have Jesus. I'm sorry, you don't. You must have a personal, life-changing experience with Jesus to have a testimony. Paul's experience was personal. He said the bright light flashed around who? Me. Even though they could see it, they couldn't understand. But Paul could. Paul said it was the Lord speaking to me. This is personal. The Lord moved in his midst. The, The Lord moved in his heart, in his life. As a matter of fact, it was such an amazing experience that he was blinded physically. And I think it mirrored... I think it mirrored where he was spiritually. Remember, he thought he was doing God a favor. He was blind spiritually. He was blind spiritually by the law and by pride and by arrogance. That's what happens when we become enemies of God. Our sin overwhelms us and overtakes us. And so Paul, he he had an amazing, life-changing experience. These guys didn't know what was going on, but Paul said, you got to take me to Damascus, and you got to find this man. you got to find this man. And so, look, they, they, they took him by the hand and led him to Damascus. They don't know what's going on. They didn't hear nothing. They saw the light, but they didn't really experience the light like Paul did. But you know what? Paul was the one in charge. He was the commander of these men, so they just did what Paul told them to do. He gets to Ananias, and Ananias says, let me tell you who I am, and let me tell you how the Lord spoke to me. And how the Lord prepared me for you. And then he just speaks the words, right? Paul, you can see. And Paul opens up his eyes and yeah. Paul says, I was able to see him. This man, Ananias. An instrument of the Lord. One who was very respected by the Jews. So Paul, his testimony starts with, let me tell you who I was. I was an enemy of God. That's who I was. I know that now. I see that clearly. I was an enemy of God. I didn't deserve anything from God. I didn't earn anything from God. But God did something to me 
and through me. A personal encounter, an experience with Jesus Christ. So we got enemy, that's part of our testimony. Experience, that's part of our testimony. Now remember what I told you. The testimony ain't about Jeff. The testimony is about what God has done to Jeff and through Jeff. Amen? So if I really want to have a testimony and I want to use it in the right way and I want to have power in my testimony and I want to see a result of praise for God in my testimony, then guess who I've got to exalt? God. I don't exalt Jeff. I exalt God. So watch this. You ready? You're not? Do I need to go back? I'll start over. Are you ready? All right. Acts chapter 22, verse 14. Then he said, the God of our ancestors has chosen you. This is Ananias talking to Paul. Okay? He says, the God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear words from his mouth. You will be his what? Witness. You will be his what? Witness. That means, Paul, I know who you were, but I know who you are now. Because God said, amen? God said. So he says, you will be his witness to all people of what you have seen and heard. In other words, what just happened to you on this road and what is happening to you right now in my house, you're fixing to tell everybody about it. You have a testimony, brother. That's what, that's what Ananias was saying in Jeff's language. <laughs> you now have a testimony, brother. You were an enemy. You had an experience. Well, now, son, it's time for you to exalt the one who changed your life. Woo! Man, I'm getting excited. So look at this. He says in verse 15, You will be his witness to all people of what you have seen and heard. And you ready for this? Look at verse 16. And now, get up. What are you waiting for? Right? What are you waiting for? Get up, and what's the words there? Be what? Baptized. In other words, you need to make this public. You need to profess this publicly. He says, get up, be baptized, and wash your sins away, calling on His name, exalting His name. When I returned to Jerusalem, I was praying at the temple, I fell into a trance and I saw the Lord speaking to me. Quick, he said, leave Jerusalem immediately because the people here will not accept your, what's that next word? Testimony. Do you see this? The Lord knows where he needs to be, when he needs to be to share his testimony. He says, quick. Leave Jerusalem immediately because the people here will not accept your testimony about me. That was back then. Lord, I replied, these people know I went from one synagogue to another to imprison and beat those who believe in you. And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I stood there giving my approval and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. Then the Lord said to me, go, I will send you far away to the Gentiles. So when this was happening, when, when, when Paul recognized that he was an enemy of God, when Paul experienced this move of Jesus Christ in his heart and his life, the changing of his heart, the changing of his life, when, when Paul began to exalt the Lord, the Lord said, hey, uh, 
It's not here. I'm going to send you somewhere else to do it. But do you notice where we are today? We're in Acts 22, and guess where he's back? He's back in Jerusalem, and now it's time. You see that? Now it's time for him to share his testimony with this people in this place. I think this is so cool, right? How when we surrender to God and we say, okay, God, thy will be done, not my will. Your time, God, not my time. Just help me to be faithful and help me to be obedient to what you want me to say, when you want me to say it, and where you want me to say it. And that's what Paul's doing. So what happens here? I'll tell you what it is. Paul was an enemy of God. He had an experience with God. And now Paul is giving proper exaltation to the Lord. He's exalting the Lord. Before Jesus, Paul was all about the law. He was all about self. He was a self-promoter. He was a self-glorifier. He was a self-exalter. Look at me. Look at what I've done. Look at who I am. Look at who I've trained under. Look at what I've accomplished. Look at me. That's what he was all about. But after his life change and experience with the Lord, what have we seen throughout the book of Acts so far in Paul? Who has he been talking about the whole time? Jesus. Like, just retrace the steps. Go back to 21, to 20, to 19, to 18. To se- Go back to when Paul was in the prison. Huh? When Paul was shut up in the prison with all those prisoners. What did Paul do? Well, guys, let me tell you. Half of y'all are in here because I put you here. No, that's not what he did. You know what he did? He prayed and he began to do what? Praising. Oh. Yeah. He began to point to Jesus, make it all about Jesus. And guess what? The earth shook. Huh? The earth shook. See, that's God. The prison doors flung open. And the prisoners could have took off running, but they didn't. They stayed in there. The prison owner came in and was about to kill himself because he thought, oh, man, when Rome finds out I'm a dead man and they're going to torture me, so I'll just do it quickly and less painfully. And you know what Paul said? Hey, man, don't do that. We're all still here. You can be a part of what's going on. You can be a part of our praise and our worship. All you got to do is repent and believe. And guess what happened? That prison, that prison manager got saved, he and his household. Lives changed. It was a praise party. And guess what happens when you share your testimony? The people praise the Lord. Paul stopped talking about himself. He started talking about the God of their ancestors. He started talking about the righteous one, which Ananias said, that's what you're going to do, right? Ananias spoke prophecy into him. He said, Paul, here's who you are, and here's what you're going to do. And then Paul went out and did it. Ananias told Paul that he would now be a witness to all people of what you have seen and heard the Lord do. That's part of the testimony. I was an enemy of God. I had an experience with the Lord. And now I'm all about the Lord and I exalt Him. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Sounds like a song, don't it? Ladies, let me tell you about my Jesus. That's what it is. That's testimony. So enemy, say that word, enemy, experience, exaltation. What's the fourth word? Evidence. Evidence, right? I got to have evidence, and that's what Paul did. Paul gave the people sufficient evidence of the life change he had through the Lord. He said, I was legalistic. I, I was the one who imprisoned people. 
But I'm not that guy anymore. I'm not the same as I once was because the Lord changed me. Paul said, the evidence is now I'm here, back in Jerusalem, sharing my testimony because the Lord brought me here. Do you remember? Paul actually thought, he actually thought he was going to die in Jerusalem. He told the other churches, bye y'all, I'm probably not coming back. But you know what? God had plans because Paul ain't done in Jerusalem. Because you know where Paul's going next? He's going to Rome. And you know what he's going to do in Rome? He's going to share his testimony. Absolutely. He's going to preach Jesus. So he ain't done. But he's standing on these steps talking to these people, knowing that they are arresting him and they're about to put him in prison. And listen, they do. I'm not going to read the whole passage to you, but they do. They put him in prison. And I, I, I'm, just as, I'm just as sure and firm on this. I believe when Paul got in that prison, he was looking for anybody he could to tell somebody about Jesus. Hey, since I'm here and since you're here, <laughs> let me tell you about my Jesus. I just believe that happened. See, Paul was giving people evidence. Evidence. Paul was giving people the evidence of who he was. I was an enemy of God. He was giving them evidence of a personal encounter, his experience with the Lord. He no longer exalted himself or his teachers. He he exalted Jesus Christ. And then he lived that out loud. That was the evidence. His life was the evidence. Let me ask you a question. And you don't have to name names. Just think about this. Have you ever known someone that was an enemy of God by the way he or she lived? like just did life the way he or she wanted, was only occupied with himself or herself, and then all of a sudden, right, all of a sudden, Jesus got a hold of him, got a hold of her, changed his heart, changed her life, and then you looked and when you went, hey, what happened to that person I used to know? Why are you talking like that today? Hey, why are you living like that today? Have you ever known a person like that? See, you live You live your life out loud. It's called fruit of the Spirit. When the Spirit of God saves you, when the Spirit of God baptizes you, when the Spirit of God seals you as a child of God, when the Spirit of God fills your heart and your mind, you will begin to bear what's called fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is not the fruit of the world. Now, I'm not going to preach Galatians to you, but you can go look at it in Galatians because Paul preaches a whole passage on it of what the fruit of the world looks like and the fruit of the Spirit. Listen to me. If you've had a true encounter, a true experience with Jesus Christ, if He has changed your heart of stone with a heart of flesh, then listen to me. You're going to bear fruit of the Spirit. If you do not bear fruit of the Spirit, and if you have not borne fruit of the Spirit, I'm sorry to say this, but you ain't got the Spirit in you. And if you ain't got the Spirit in you, and you ain't got the Spirit on you, you haven't experienced Jesus Christ. You might have experienced religion. You might have experienced tradition. Oh, yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. I got baptized in that water. Oh, yeah, I got baptized. I'm good. Oh, I, 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 my name's been on the church roll for 20 years, Brother Jeff. I'm good. I'm going to just tell you something. You ain't going to... You ain't going to get to God and stand before God and say, hey, uh, I joined the church. 
I was a member of Start Baptist Church for 25 years, God. I tithed. Uh, God, I got wet. You know, I, I got in that baptistry. I got by, baptized by this preacher or this person. I, Lord, I'm good. And, and, and Jesus is going to say, uh, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, because I never knew you. You know why he says that? Because that person's never had an experience with Jesus Christ. Never truly surrendered his or her heart in a relationship with Jesus Christ through grace, by faith, and repentance. I'm not saved by performance, at least not mine. I'm saved by grace through faith in the perfect life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. That's what changed my heart. That's what's continuing to change my heart. That's what changed my mind. That's what's continuing to change my mind. I'm working my salvation out daily. Learning more and more of what it's like to be like Christ, to live like Christ, to love like Christ. And hopefully my life is the evidence. The evidence in my testimony. I was an enemy. I had an experience with Jesus. I'm going to exalt Jesus. I'm going to tell you more about Jesus than I tell you about me. Because Jeff can't save you, but Jesus can. Now, I'm not here today to make any comparisons. You're probably going, Brother Jeff, man, my testimony don't, don't sound like Paul's. <laughs> I, I didn't arrest nobody. I didn't imprison nobody. I certainly didn't kill nobody. Um, Brother Jeff, you know, I haven't done a lot of bad things. I, 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 it's, I, I, you know, I'm not going to be like Paul. Well, guess what? God didn't call you to be Paul. God didn't save you to be Paul. God called you and saved you to be who he created you to be and to say what he created you to say and do what he created you let me just tell you something if you're a Christ follower in here your testimony is amazing amazing because God saved someone who was his enemy and changed him or her into his child the details listen to me the details might be different the circumstances might be different but it don't make it any less amazing to what God has done So don't you dare ever underestimate who you are, whose you are, and why you are. Your testimony matters. And your testimony might reach somebody that Jeff's testimony won't. So when you compare yourself to Brother Jeff, or you compare yourself to this person or that person, and the enemy says, "Uh, you just need to shut up because yours ain't going to be as good as his or hers, I'm going to tell you something. I would, I would listen to the Spirit because the Spirit's going to say, hey, sister, speak up. Tell that person what God did to you. Hey, brother, speak up. Tell that person what God did to you because they ain't hearing Brother Jeff and they ain't hearing Brother Paul. You remember what God said? God, he, he said it through Ananias. Hey, Paul, it's time to go, son, because these people ain't going to listen to your testimony. Not right now. So you're going to go to the Gentiles and you're going to share your testimony with them because the time is right. But don't worry, Paul, I'm going to give you a chance. You're going to come back to Jerusalem. And when they're arresting you and about to throw you in prison, I'm going to give you some steps. And I'm going to give you an audience. And you're going to, be, you're going to go ahead and start speaking in their language, and it's going to go, wait, what? And you're going to tell them who you were. Hey, I was a Jew. I was a Jew of Jews. I was a Pharisee. I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. And then you're going to tell them what happened. But God. Anybody here got a but God experience? I hope so. If not, you can right now. You can tomorrow if the Lord gives you another day. 
You can next week if the Lord gives you another week. But guess what? There ain't no promise about that in the Bible. Salvation is here. Salvation is right now. So Jesus Christ, my testimony, who I was, an enemy, what happened, my experience with the Lord, what I do, I exalt the Lord, I tell you about Him. And I pray that my life will be the evidence. Enemy, experience, exaltation, evidence. That's what a testimony is. That's what it's all about. Paul eventually gets to Rome. He eventually gets to Rome. And I'm not going to put these on the Scripture. Just listen to what he says. He tells them very plainly in Romans chapter 5, verses 9 through 11. Since we have now been justified by His blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through Him? Who's He exalting? Jesus. For if while we were considered God's enemies, we were reconciled to Him through the death of His Son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through Him, through His life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in who? God. We boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. So when Paul gets to Rome, guess who it's all about? It's about God who saved him through Jesus Christ. I was an enemy of God, but God. He reconciled me through Jesus Christ. And so now I boast in Jesus Christ. Testimony. He didn't say anything different in Rome than he said in Jerusalem. Well, guess what? He also got to Coloss at one time. And guess what he told the church in Coloss? You ready? You think it's going to sound different? Nope. But I'm going to read it anyway. Here we go. Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 through 23. Once you were alienated from God and you were enemies. That's what he says. You were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in His sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope that is held out in the gospel. The hope is not the law. The hope is not your experience. The hope is not this thing or that thing. The hope is Jesus Christ. As he says, the hope is the gospel. Listen to what he says. He says, this is the gospel that you have now heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven of which I, Paul, am now a servant. Paul says, let me tell you who I was. Let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you who I am. That's a testimony. And you, if you are in Christ and Christ is in you, you have one. You have one. You say, Brother Jeff, I just don't know how to tell people. You tell them I once was an enemy of God. But I had an experience with Jesus Christ. It might have been at a retreat. It might have been a Sunday morning during worship. It, it might have been a, a Sunday afternoon while in the kitchen serving a meal. I, I don't know. It might have been a Saturday afternoon while you're on your lawnmower. It might have been any time, any place, anywhere. Listen to me. Christ can move anytime, any place. But was it personal for you? Because guess what? Paul said the light shined on me. The Lord spoke to me. I heard his voice. I saw him. And my life is never 
ever been the same. That's a testimony. So as a child of God in Christ Jesus, guess who I am? I am saved and I am called to be his witness in the world. What's the definition of a, of a testimony, right? It's someone who is a witness, right? Firsthand experience. If you're a child of God, you've been saved by God and called by God to be his witness in this world. Amen? Okay, that's not up for debate. That's what the Bible says. And number two, we witness to others in this world by living out loud and sharing our testimony. You can't be a witness of Jesus Christ unless you use his name in conversation. You can't be a witness for Jesus Christ unless you love somebody like Jesus Christ loved you. Don't say, I'm his witness, and never tell somebody about Jesus. Don't say, oh, I'm his witness because I went to church Sunday morning. But did you love somebody at church like Jesus loved you? You either live it or you don't. And if you don't, then I would love to talk to you about your testimony. If you're not telling people about Jesus and you're not loving people like Jesus, I, I want to talk to you about that. If you're not bearing fruit of the Spirit, I want us to do some examining and make sure you have the Spirit of God in you. One of my favorite bands sang a song a long time ago. I think Brother Andy used to sing it as a worship song. It's old, but it's a song called Everything by Lifehouse. And in that song, he says, God, how can I stand here with you and not be moved with you, not be moved by you? How, how can I stand here with you and not be changed? And that's the question I'm asking, God, how, how can I dig into your word? How can I praise and how can I do all of these things and just not be excited and on fire for you? I'm tired of the church services where we just sit here and look, go, and hear the crickets chirping, okay? That, that ain't being excited about God. Listen to me, I, I want to be reverent, but I'm going to tell you, when we get to heaven, the crickets ain't going to be chirping because the crowd ain't singing. The crickets is going to be chirping with the crowd that is singing and excited about the God who saved them and they get to spend eternity with. So why would I sit around and practice silence when I've been created to sing out loud? Like, like why would I do that? Why would I sit here and practice my silence and my somberness and my little face like I'm going to sleep? You, I'm going to just tell you something. That ain't going to be happening in heaven. That ain't going to be happening. I'm, a, I'm so excited. Like my Aunt Nancy used to pray, oh, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. I'm ready. I'm ready. I, I love my wife. I love my kids. I love you. I want to see more things happen. But I'm going to tell you, if Jesus parts the skies, I'm ready. I'm ready. And he's going to give me a better voice to sing with. But until then, I'm going to use this scratchy, raspy one I got to practice for that better one that I'm going to get. Church, you have a testimony. Don't sit on it. Don't sit on it. Get up. Be baptized. And go tell.